It's something to carp about, and we're on location today. I'm Dennis Mitchell, and we're down here on Linden Avenue at Murphy's Vinyl Shack with the proprietor, Mr. Kevin Murphy. Thank you for joining me, Kevin. Well, hello, all. Thanks, people. I'm glad to be here. Now, living in a small town, as we do, uh, sometimes you're expected to do without some things. Uh, we don't have a bowling alley. We don't have a car dealership. We don't have a giant movie megaplex or anything but dang we got a record store <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's near and dear to my heart and uh, I was happy to move here anyway but what a bonus it's like a cherry on top how long have you been plying your trade here in Carpinteria we've been here uh, just over five years mm -hmm. and we're starting our sixth year in about a month and uh, we've been at this location for about almost a year now mm -hmm. and uh, we were welcomed with open arms we got in here we was glad to have a record store in their backyard and it's kind of was, was timing was perfect because it was coming back in in vogue again. Yeah, and so and plus the baby boomers were getting back, reintroducing themselves back into the music they'd forgotten about. Yeah, and so it was a good timing. It was just pure dumb luck on our part. Well, your old location uh, over there off of Carp Avenue was almost iconic. I mean. I got the buzz about a cool record store that had a cool look uh, when I lived in Santa Barbara. I just moved here uh, several months ago uh, and, and stopped in many a time and I was quite impressed with how you had that decked out. Well, it was fun. It was, it was kind of that location gave us great exposure. It's an entry right into the, um, the campgrounds and plus also when the freeway breaks down as it did today, um, you have everybody coming down Car Boulevard. And that gave us everybody going north the ability to see what we were at and kind of plant a, a, a kind of seed in their head that I got to check this out because we had cutouts like Elvis and Roy Orbison. So people kind of would, would, you know, wander in. And a record store is always an attraction for turn to see if it was a record store or a balloon store. <laughs> <laughs> Along those lines, I was driving through Ventura one day and there's a shop there that says Vinyl Concepts. And I got all worked up and it's something like pool coverings or something. <laughs> the so. vinyl, that is the newest lang the language for it. You know, you say LP or, you know, a, a, a phonograph record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of puts you back into Andrew Sisters kind of stuff. Or beyond. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're right about that. Well, from your perspective, when did the vinyl revival really begin? Well, I think it was in the 90s sometime that we started to see artists uh, do what appeared to be hugely radical by putting out an album instead of a CD or along with. Yeah, I think there were there are certain artists like were, were really good at promoting it. Jack White was probably the most uh, recognizable individual because he was uh, recognized that it was a quality sound that we kind of lost track of when we went to the CDs and the technology of downloading and doing all of those type of uh, modern technology of today. And that, that when you listen to the record, there was a quality of not just the sound, but the, the vision the artist was intending to make, the cover, the artistry, but really the sound, the clarity offered so much more that you, that you lose on the CDs. Mm -hmm. And I think that people started go delving back into it from the baby boomers and recognize it, that we were kind of sold a bill of goods on the CDs and that wasn't quite what we thought. Yeah, compression. Uh, some people think they just sound too clean right. uh, when we were raised with uh, the imperfections and, and the charm of, of playing a record and, and all that went with that. Even the, the sound of the needle touch in the vinyl for the first time, it, 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 there's a, a comfort zone. Right. 
And uh, even we, when we clean the uh, dark side of the moon, Pink Floyd's, usually someone hears us doing that, or they can hear the clarity, and they, and they always comment that this sounds so much better on vinyl. I yes. forgot how good it sounds. So it, it, it's a nice nice throwback, but it's one that, that shouldn't have gone away, and often we kind of recognize that. And, and what's good about it is you have a, a younger generation that kind of skipped a generation with no records, They've enveloped it. They love the touchy-feely aspect. They love the uh, liner notes. They love the, who the artist and the, who played guitar or the bass or the alto sax, what have you. So yeah. it opens up a corridor for them because they are information junkies anyway. Right. So this follows right into that, that uh, it, backyard. It is very heartening to see it cut across uh, generations to some degree. There was a little adjustment period there uh, when, when we started to see more and more vinyl coming out. I wasn't paying 30 and 40 dollars for an album when I was buying albums, but it seems like uh, demand um, actually met with the supply and after that adjustment things have settled to where people expect to pay a certain amount for a new vinyl record. I, I think they understand it. I think I think for the people who are looking for vintage, they look at the prices compared to other things that have gone up in the, in, in the last 30 or 40 years. It, it, it's roughly in the right price for vintage. Yeah. When you get into new product, because there are limited people pressing, there are limited availability out there, there isn't the distribution channels as good as, as other industries are set up for records for the, the smaller shops. Mm -hmm. So we have to be shopping constantly to find a, a good quality record at a fair price we can offer to our customer. Right. Um, primarily most of us are vintage stores first, but you have to recognize you have to have the newer stuff at a fair price. And, and People do recognize that's going to cost a little bit more. It's a, it's a can be a price shock for the first time for new stuff, but unfortunately, that we have to uh, price it accordingly so we can offer that at a fair price to the, to the consumer. And right now, February 2022, uh, we're in the midst of ridiculous inflation. So it seems you know not that all that unusual to right. see records uh, priced where they are even though there really hasn't been that much of an increase in the, in the industry, at least that I've seen. It, it became clear that the labels uh, were making a statement with those initial vinyl releases in the comeback that if we're going to go to the trouble of doing this again, we're going to have to charge you a lot more for it. So that was kind of my rationale for seeing why albums cost so much, even though, you know, like you said, it was a sticker shock for a lot of people. But over time, it's like it, it's leveled back down to a, a certain level where it's a little more affordable for people. Just the same, we long for the days when albums were 10 bucks. Oh, sure, sure. I think, I think <laughs> And that's that, where used record stores really come in handy. Well, well that was it. You know, there, there's a lot more uh, avail availability with the vintage, and there's a much more uh, a pricing that structure that is more fair to the consumer out there that we, we can toy around with it when you're dealing with the newer stuff and I, and I really think it goes back to the fact that there aren't the many pressing plants that were available back in the 70s and 60s and 80s so you have only so many being pressed out and you know some of these are coming from Eastern European countries and all mm. over the world mm -hmm. nowadays so you know you're, you're constantly shopping on it and I think that with uh, the newer stuff, you're you're taking more of a chance when you're going for newer artists to see if it'll move. But we've been lucky because a lot of our clientele of all ages to tell us uh, who are the new artists they're looking for to buy. And sometimes it's not doesn't go into what people are listening to maybe on the radio sometimes or, the, or the, what the radio's projecting as what's real popular for the young people. They'll, they'll tell us, no, this is what I'm listening to. This is the band I want, and if you have this, we'll, we'll come into the store. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, really and about your clientele, then, Carpinteria is a little tiny town. 
uh, and it, it, like I said, it's it's does my heart good to know that uh, there are that many music lovers here that would descend on a place like like this. But I assume you get a lot of people from out of town as well. I, I pick up Record Collector magazine, and I have the desire to like tour and go up the coast and hit all the good record stores. Yeah, we get we get that a lot. You know, we're we're a little sleepy little getaway town. And so uh, when we decided to open the store, we felt this was a perfect application because this town's like, you know, it's a, it may vary from the Andy Griffith show. It's, it's very yep. laid back. Yep. And, and it's, it's kind of a little jewel on the 101. And there are so many little jewel towns like this one on the 101. But for people coming up through and down the coast, and there's a lot of people that come through Santa Barbara and back to L.A. or from the Bay Area, this offers another, uh, you know, venue for them to go to, someplace to check out. And I think it's worked good for the town, too, that, that we're getting young people and all ages kind of coming out here that offers another venue when they're in town. But it, when they're traveling to the 101, now they know that we're here, that they have attention to just stop and they're going to come camping. And for their kids, it's another venue for them. Hey, we got the record store, you know, to go to, too. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's a perfect placement because we also get the kids from the Santa Barbara, the college kids, and uh, we try to make it a, a nice venue for the vibe of the old record store. Tell me a little about your background in terms of, you know, how you know how to do this. Um, I've been a record collector since I was a child mm -hmm. uh, and, and so instinctively, and being in the radio business, I instinctively know, you know what artists were paid, what records were important, what ones, what albums might be more valuable than, than others. Um, what's your eye? How do you, how do you do it? Well, we, we were, uh, I, I was Baby boomer product of the 60s, so the radio was always constantly on. You know, my mom always had, you know, from the Andrews sisters all the way up to Peter, Paul, and Mary, and then to the Beatles. All right. So she was always, you know, listening to current stuff, my dad too, but mostly my mom. And so we always listened to everything. And, and back in the day in the 60s, AM radio was a good format back in the, we lived in the Bay Area. So you're getting a format of jazz, rock, everything. Um, you know, Miles Davis to the Beatles to the Stones, Fifth Dimension, wherever, everything. Um, and then, uh, and but we were always listening to music. You know, every kid was listening to the Beatles, Dave Clark Five, on and on, all the way up to Led Zeppelin. And, and every kid I knew, their radio was on, or we were going to their house to listen to records. So, um, being of those '60s and '70s, music was was coming, you know, fast and furious at us on a constant, regular basis. Mm -hmm. The change and the acceptance of the change and how music was changing. So we were always listening to music and talking about music right and all the way up into our into to the day we are now yes so it's always surrounded radio's changed a little bit as far as the the the, the way it, it gets to us and everything sadly not for the better but, I, I agree and and it's always different but the the kids have different ways they they find the music they're listening to through youtube and the different formats for social media um they're going to find what they're listening to we were lucky that we grew up in, from the AM into the transition of the FM. It was just a, you know over a, just a wealth of just music all the time. From a, from all of a sudden we listened to eight minute songs when you knew the DJ was going to get fired, but he'd be back the next day and everything. But it was it was fun. But you always were coming back on a weekend. Someone saw a new band or heard about a new band, and that was the the focus of of the day. Not the geography or the geometry we're supposed to be teaching us, but that new band called Peter Frampton's in or something. Okay. Oh. So instinct basically tells you whether something is cool and desirable and going to bring a uh, going to bring a buyer into the store. It is. It really is. I, I was like an older brother that was three years older, so he was into a lot of uh, Marvin Gaye and Richie Havens and all this writing. So we had just a bevy full of different styles. 
And I think that's the, that's the big difference of I know the culture the kids are in nowadays where sometimes we were locked into one genre. They're an open palette of everything. They, they, they're not locked into one hip hop or genre of this. They're into uh, whatever they want to listen to at that moment. I, I tell most parents that these kids are going to go their own path of their music, but they circle back to what you listen to in the household. So Yeah, it, yeah. And, and they'll take you along too. And, and generationally, it's very similar to what you were describing that we both went through as children with AM radio. R&B, Western, pop, rock, everything was on the radio yeah. all, all together. Well, that's kind of happening now, but it's souped up and electrified and, and a lot more energy and, and, uh, and volume, I guess, uh, loudness. Uh, but, but it's the same kind of thing. Uh, culturally, you find fewer and fewer people locked into one kind of music. Yeah, it's so true. I, and I think even the people that were, that were locked into rock, they're getting back into music. Or the record, but they're venturing out into jazz, a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. your, your, your musical tastes are constantly changing, and everybody knows what they don't like. You just don't know what you like because you haven't heard it all. Yeah, so, yeah very good. Yeah. This is Something to Carp About. I'm Dennis Mitchell. He's Kevin Murphy, and we'll be back after these. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Getting support from friends online kept me on track. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. Instead of smoking after I ate, I'd get up and take a walk. I missed having a cigarette in my hand, so I'd hold a pen or a straw, anything. Until I knew I wouldn't give in to temptation, I spent more time with my friends who didn't smoke. I went to places that were smoke-free. I didn't stay quit the very first time I tried. I kept on trying, and I learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. I quit. I quit. I quit. We did it. So can you. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. This is something to carp about. We're on location today at Murphy's Vinyl Shack with the proprietor, Kevin Murphy, talking about records, talking about rock and roll. Uh, gee, how could I have motivated myself to do this interview with you? <laughs> so happy to be here. Have you always done business in Carpinteria, or did you have a store anywhere else? No, this you? is, uh, we did a career change, like okay. most of us are doing, and I was burned out. I was in sales and selling security hardware through distribution. Hmm. do a lot of traveling, and I was kind of tired of it. And mm -hmm. uh, we were looking something to do something different. All the kids were grown, and we were looking to find another, another path. And uh, this is something we always liked, and we always had a lot of music at our house, and always had a lot of stuff on the wall pertaining to the bands and music we listened to. So we, we thought we had a good idea, 
and uh, and then we uh, then we started to go into it more deeper and deeper, and then we got some help from some local people in the uh, community in the Chamber of Commerce in Ventura, and told us what we might want to do, and gave us you know some thoughts, and uh, and then we started. Uh, that little location we started, and now we're in a bigger location, and it's been a blast. It really has been. Right. A record store is like a, and we were referring to this earlier, it's just a wonderful little meeting place. Uh, you know, nobody's going to stumble in here wondering what you have. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's got a general store type atmosphere, and when you see some of the regular people that come in, and, and it, it's no difference when we were kids, uh, it, it gave you locations to wander and do your thing and not have any pressing you to buy something and um, just you know envisioning what you might get on after you mowed those la next five lawns that you <laughs> might be able to afford. Been there. And, and so it's fun and, and, and everybody I talk to has a, a tower record or a warehouse record store or a little piece of, they hung out, they would ride their bike for miles to go into for, to, to hang out for a better part of a day. And no difference now. We, 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 we kind of wanted to incorporate that vibe of just come in and wander around. It's okay. And, and music. I mean, you're very knowledgeable. I've come in here and spent hours just talking stuff with you of, of, of good bands we like, shows we've seen. I think that the corridor for music is always open. You're always learning something different. You always have something tied in. And, I, and I, people share these wonderful stories of them interacting with maybe a, a certain musician or knowing a story and it's their stories and and they're but they're fun to listen to mm -hmm. and it's just uh, I think that the, the store offers a, of, a, of a way to communicate with people and, and during the whole COVID time we've had a, such a time to to communicate this offers a, a genre that we're all familiar with and that we all, all have a tale and, and 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 with music we've all connected even if we're, we grew up on the East Coast or the West Coast, we're listening to all s similar music. Yeah, we're all laughing at the same movies. Yeah. you know, we all we all share that that inner thing. Yeah, and and when, you, when people kind of come in here, we will start laughing. We have a lot of travelers from around the world that come through this area, and and that's something we all start tying in about a concert or a, a right. show we had gone to or an adventure in that in itself. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. Let me ask you then, uh, outside of music, rock and roll, and 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 what we've been discussing. As far as a business owner in this town, Carpentry is in quite a period of transition right now. Uh, with the with the 101 widening, um, this could have an impact on our infrastructure in terms of bringing more people here and whatnot. How has it been doing business with the city? Have they made it easy for you? Has it been has it had its challenges with uh, county city licensing? Whatever. I think anytime you're dealing with the city in their format, you have to you have to bend to their their will. Right, and, and and I find that most of us they have they have a, we all have a common cause that have a good community that, that that everybody can walk in and feel safe, comfortable, and I, I can't blame anybody on the, all the all the mother nature stuff we've had in the last five years. We've had mm -hmm. fires, we had floods, we had debris flow, we have a pandemic. We're prepping for locusts next year to come our way. We don't know what to expect. Any kind, murder hornets. That, that, that's that's <laughs> so you, you kind of go with the flow on it. I, we were lucky because we had a lot of, uh, of, of really loyal and friendly customers that even during the tough times, they were making sure that somehow they were able to get their purchase in to give us support. Uh, everybody has been very, very, very uh, supportive and, and hospitable. 
about our business and wanted to make sure that we're, we're here, that we survive, and that we want to be part of the community. The nice thing about the, the CARP and the residents are that most of them understand um, tourism is part of our life and it brings us and so we can all live together so they they accept to work around it and, and live within it but they they all are, are rooting for us and I think during the COVID it's been a, a tougher time for many businesses and uh, for us uh, we, we survived it and but also we are all also offer an outlet for people to hey go home and listen to music and and not worry about what we can't control anyways sometimes. Yeah, yeah. you benefit from being a, in a very tight-knit community, uh, and that's what I've been so impressed with. I've been in love with Carpenteria ever since the first time I came here in 2014, sure. but living here, uh, it's, it's even magnified when I go out into the community and when I talk to people like you, um, uh, I'm heartened, like I said, that, yeah, I keep coming back to that word, but it's, it's very encouraging uh, to well, see that kind of harmony. It, it's, it's a nice little town, and plus we have this beautiful town, Santa Barbara, just up the street from oh, us. Yeah. has all the activities in the world you want. So you have a best of both worlds, and you have Ventura, which is also another wonderful community that offers a wild place for, to, for the, to go to. So it's the best of both worlds, but it, it, it's, a, it's a nice homespun community that everybody's kind of stops and says hello. Okay. And so even with most people that come in here, they're, they're not customers. They're Dave. Yeah. They're Dylan. There they're Angel. Love they're it. Rick. Love they're, it. that's the fun part about it. That's so. fantastic. Um, you have a little local competition. There are a couple of shops in Santa Barbara. There are a few very good shops in Ventura. Do you make the rounds? Do you guys stay in touch with each we other? All stay, we, we, we do to a certain degree. I think there, there's no wrong way to run a record store. Everybody has their own way. It's great, more than merrier. I send people down all the time to the other different guys up with up north or up south or what have you. I think we all do it, it our own way. We feel the, to to get to our consumer that matches the community we live within. Uh, and all the guys are nice guys, you yeah. know. And we all some guys have a specialty that I don't do. That say no, I, I can't do that. This guy does it. He's a great guy to deal with. Give him a call. Yeah. And so I think we're all under the same page. I don't think we we don't look at like we're in competition against each other. We're all doing our own thing. Okay. And I would assume that your biggest competition is the internet. I think you know you look at the internet. Yeah, you. I think it is too. Too with the newer stuff out there, and and you know the but the internet is is uh, it's kind of a it's a tough way to navigate through. I mean, most of us don't. Some people love to buy things on, on the internet. Record can be a very very frustrating thing about buying the navigate navigate through because sometimes you have people selling vintage. They're they're trolling. Basically, I've seen it at such an overprice that they're hopefully you're buying it with your heart. And there's some that aren't reputable. There are many that are reputable. You're going to be taking it, but the the fun part about buying the record is going into the record store. You may have a vision of what you want, but you, if that can't get that, you'll find something that you like, and right. you don't have the intensity. Sometimes buying on the computer offers that you can't. That's not what you want. I want this, or all the complexities of buying that. Uh, we we want. Your record buying experience to be a fun experience, not a I'm running to Target and I'm running and I'm running out. No, you're gonna shop in here and browse. You're gonna browse, yeah. And, and you also you may go in. I want to get this right, but you f forgot about this Marvin Gaye album you've been thinking about a long time, and that's that, that's the fun thing about it. And uh, we try to offer a good selection from old to hip hop to new to whatever we have, and um, so it's. I think that that's the offer versus the internet, uh, and that's the thing about it. when you when you open a, the brick and mortar store, most people look at you like, "What are you nuts?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you look at you like you're limber crossing the Atlantic for the first time, <laughs> and you know, but you 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 have a we have a certain pride 
product that offers when you walk in the store it kind of speaks to you whether it be an old movie or a record or some artist you or new artist you, you want to hear about we want you to come in and, and, and have that experience mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and and it may not be a thing and, and there's no saying that you know, buying it in is not is, is, is not a bad thing it's just everybody has their own deal we just want you to come in the store and experience that and, and uh, have that vibe that was what we grew up with right in my dealings with record store people uh, and I've known uh, so many of them one of the challenges they see from time to time is when somebody uh, sells an entire collection uh, somebody passes away or somebody just has decided to go whole, wholesale with CD what kind of challenge does that pose for you does that happen very often uh, for you uh, well, this being such a small town yeah it does we get we get a lot of people that have have, have inherited a record collection mm -hmm. or they're downsizing and 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 unfortunately some of the the kids that are their their children or their children's children aren't interested in the collection um, a, a lot of kids are minimalist. They don't want to be burdened with the records or the whole yeah. penny in for a pound, I guess. And uh, and we'll find that most of them are more concerned that their love runs records get played forward, meaning they just don't want to drop them off at a thrift store. Right. Th this was an important part of their collection of their. They want to have someone to get their full enjoyment of it, but they just can't just ditch them someplace. It's important that they go to someone who cares about them. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get in and we'll go through the collections and offer them a fair price that we try to be, you know, that they understand how we price it, that, that, that sometimes you get collections that 20% uh, of the product they're bringing in is going to be 80% of the bid. That, that's that's what I was going to say. Kind of a good it, it helps to know what their tastes were, or it you know, if, they, if they're heavy on one thing and an expert on one thing. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I, I think some people. We all think our our, our our collections are worth more than what they usually are with yes. baseball cards or whatever. <laughs> because you know, but when you get into the, the true collector who's looking for, he's looking at the the, the vinyl condition, also the, the cover, the whole nine yards. It's a whole different deal. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. And, and when we have someone who's got that kind of collection, we're trying to push them to where they would get the most buck, you know, for what they needed. But then you're getting into people who need to rate it, and it's a whole different deal. Yeah. Most people are just are going to want to get a be treated nicely and fairly. And, and it's a convenience factor. It's a convenience factor. We're also trying to be honest with them, and and and, and we've we've had a lot of times where people bought collections into us, and we bought them, and then we find out there's some autographs from very very famous people that were wow. personalized to their families, like. We call them up and said, "You want these records back to you?" And they're, "Oh yes, we forgot they were in there." So we kind of work with them. So good. If there's something that they're emotionally tied into, that oh sure, just take this and and then. But the most thing is just to going through that, and and taking what we can see that we can use. Yeah. And 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 understanding that there's, we say it all the time, is that one man's trash is another man's treasure. So yeah, uh, it may it may not be important to me, but we'll have someone going. I've been looking for this album. For a long time, yeah, and and that that's the fun part about it. That's got to make your day. Uh, it, the more it, of those each day, the better. It does. And what's what's fun about it, you see people coming to come in the store and they see things on the wall of of things that they haven't thought about that brings them good memories back or people or times in their life. That that's the fun part where you see that resonates to them. Yes, of the stuff they haven't given thought to in quite some time, and, and that they go, oh wow. Well, let me, uh, right here in the podcast, share with you that just the other day I was in here looking over 45s because I've been on a 45s jag lately. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, albums are albums. I'm still trying to get some albums uh, back that were, that were stolen. Uh, but, but the 45s, uh, 
I, I find I don't have I don't have so much stuff. I'm going through your bins there, and I found a copy of Jesse Brady by the McCoys. I only know of two other individuals on Earth who have even heard that song. It was a follow-up to Hang On Sloopy a couple years after Hang sure. On Sloopy. I'd never seen the single anywhere. I was thrilled to death to get that record. So, you know, right then and there. That's that's what we get, where they find <laughs> that album, that 45, they thought they would never find, yeah. they gave up long and ago. And it was in good condition, too. Yeah, but that's the fun part about it. You'll have someone come through and they'll, you know, basically stand up with the album up in the air going, Jump up and down. Yeah, like, yes! <laughs> you know? That's how I felt with Jesse Brady. I and really did. I could not wait to get home and play it. We get we, we get that all the time because some people have, you have an album, a significant, made it an important album that your mom and dad listen to yeah. all the time. And that, that resonates to you and, you and you get home and you can't wait to hear that record again. And so that that's the fun part when you can meet that customer's true and delight. And touch that memory. It is. And that'll do it for this time. Murphy's Vinyl Shack is located at 977 Linden Avenue in beautiful downtown Carpinteria. And I thank Kevin Murphy for spending some time with me. And apologies for the little audio glitches. That's what I get for using my ancient digital disc recorder instead of my phone. Wherever you may be, I encourage you to visit your local record store as soon as possible. This is Something to Carp About. I'm Dennis Mitchell. Talk to you next time.